1: your perfect home sweet home
2: It's 11:41 p.m. in rural Pennsylvania and you're listening to Night Call
1: mm-hmm.
2: Hello, and welcome to Night Call, a podcast for your strange days and lonely nights. I'm Tess Lynch in Los Angeles, and with me I have...
3: Molly Lambert, and in New
4: York, Emily Yoshida. Guys, I want to start off with an apology. Uh, Night Call apologies desk, top of show. <laughs> apologies to uh, the entire life science team. <laughs> who I feel I have offended greatly and must come now like hanging my head in shame. Uh, we got an email from a writer at Live Science, uh, subject line, I'm so sad you called Live Science bullshit. And I feel like I owe it to them to uh, to, to uh, set the record straight on Live Science or LS, as we call it. Um, so I'm just going to read a, a bit of it because it's a, a little long, but you'll get the point. I'm so sad you said life science is a bullshit site, an aggregator, and content farm. To be fair, the awful look of the site and the ads easily obscure the actual content. But to call out something as bullshit, you have to carefully consider what's under the surface. So I don't want to blame you, but I feel like I have to explain. Believe it or not, all stories on LLS are original stories with original reporting and interviews. It's widely syndicated to the point that some have called it the Associated Press of Science News. I have a print story above fold in Washington Post that's actually an LS story, and it's widely read. I get more reader emails, the majority of them school children, from my LS stories than my other pubs combined. Do you wonder why the keywords turn up on other sites? That's because the majority of everyday science news is based on press releases of newly published studies, so everyone covers them. We call it the science news churn cycle. And in fact, LS has been great at breaking the news before everyone else frequently. It's also respected by public organizations and agencies. After quitting research, my first journalism job was at LS. I was on all the press calls, from the CDCs to any press briefings by major scientific journals. And it goes on, but... Emily, I'm so glad that you are admitting you were wrong
3: on this one. I know. Because... Uh, Live Science is the best. It's a real great science website. And and I agree with it. she's saying. It's like there's some ads, you know, that are seem sketchy. There are those ads yeah, that are like, eat right. this one fruit. A lot of you know, this the- one vegetable will destroy you. But that's you. on everything. But I think especially right now, it's more important than ever to have verifiable sources on the Internet.
4: So especially about science. And I will say that, like, from having worked at The Verge and, and, and working, you know, a lot with Liz Lopato there, yeah. like, she did a lot of the same stuff. And there is a lot of stuff that gets released, like these press releases from, you know, different research uh, departments at universities and stuff like that. and. I do think it's important, and I'm glad that she clarified this, that, like, there are people with research backgrounds who are reporting on this stuff and following up and, like, asking the right questions about these uh, releases. Because a lot of times what you'll see is people will just take a release, like a research uh, or a study, and just publish it without actually looking into the terms of the study, the conditions of it. And this is something that, like, yeah –
3: Maybe some of the headlines on live science seem like it's going to be something clickbaity and insane. But when you read the stories, they're always, like, very well-researched, measured science stories. It's true. It's true. So... Live Science, we love you. Um, We're sorry. Best website I'm ever. I'm sorry. I'm <laughs> the only one who should be apologizing. Emily, sorry. Emily was wrong. She was a flat <laughs> earther about Live Science. Um, so let's actually talk about a great story hey. from Live Science. <laughs> live Science, please sponsor um, us. <laughs> live Science, please sponsor us. Please forgive Emily. Hashtag Loch Ness Monster, forgive Emily. Um The ancient Loch Ness monster from Antarctica broke a record for body size. We have a very thick ancient uh, sea reptile. very round boy Loch Ness monster. Um, Paleontologists have discovered the remains of an ancient Loch Ness monster lookalike in freezing Antarctica. And just like the legendary Nessie, it wasn't the runt of the litter. Uh, A four-flippered marine reptile, prehistoric pleosaur, Measured a colossal thirty-six feet from snout to tail, as long as a modern telephone pole.
4: Okay, okay, cool. but it's a Pliocene. Plei- is, it is it a Pliocene? It looks like a Diplodocus. Yeah, so we can call it Plessy.
3: Plessy. It says it's Plessy. It says it's also quite stocky. Yes, they really
4: reiterated that. the heaviest known, um, and they found it. They found Again, the fossils. Not to double down. It's not a Loch Ness monster, but it's an amazing, like, sea—it's an amazing reptilian dinosaur, which is cool. It's a super—yeah, it's super cool. And let's also credit the writer. This was written by Laura Gagel.
2: Yeah, let's start crediting the writers on Live Science.
3: Associate editor at Live Science. Nice. Good work. But it's not a Loch Ness monster. No, No, it's it's a plesiosaur. plesiosaur. But it looks— it looks exactly yeah. like what you think a Loch Ness monster would look like, and it also makes you be like, "This is why people think there are Loch Ness monsters." Well, n- no,
2: because people existed long after these dinosaurs, right? But the idea that one could
3: be just like left behind—you think there's one out there? Well, that's what the Loch Ness monster is well, about, right? It's like there's like a yeah, it's one that survived that didn't the uh, die yeah, yeah. out. But I don't, I don't
4: think it's going to be a plesios- plesiosaur. A I don't know. It's, don't know. but that one is also in Scotland, famously. Loch Ness. This, yeah. is yes, in and this is in
2: Antarctica. And yet, it has a, co- a modern cousin mm-hmm. who we think is Nessie.
3: Good work. <laughs> but you know, it is a real deep sea creature. We have so many sea creatures today.
2: Let's, let's break let's, it down. Let's
4: build. Yeah. Okay. Let's, bu- let's build up let's in, build. in order of terrifying. Let's start with the octopus city. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Which is not news, it's just (laughs) something that was brought up to us on the Facebook group.
2: Yeah, I had never heard of this. So this is apparently, um, this is like a year old, but totally flew under my radar, even though I have many octopus tentacle feelers out for news relating to my favorite uh, marine cephalopods. There are these octopi who have created a city, they're calling it Oklantis. Um, it's in Eastern Australia, and I guess everyone always thought that octopus were very solitary creatures, but they have formed a community where they communicate and they kind of warn each other of, like, octopi they don't like coming by. They're, they keep them out. They build these dens out of shells and stuff, and they even evict octopi from their community if they don't like their behavior. This was preceded by another octopus city Octopolis. called Octopolis. That was nearby. (laughs) I just like it so much. So thank you for posting that in the Nightcaller's Facebook group because that is like, there's an endless stream of delightful articles like this in there that I really love. I feel like we Um, tell ourselves that octopi
4: are, you know, it's not actually octopi, it's octopuses. It's just like hard to say that, but yeah, uh, yeah, octopuses. But I think we tell ourselves that they are solitary creatures that don't socialize a lot to make ourselves feel better because when you start thinking about the possibilities of an octopus city, it gets very uncomfortable to think about your place in the universe very quickly. <laughs> it oh, does. Yeah. Overtake yeah. us. Overtake us octopus. Um, I um. yeah, I, I wanna I wanna move to Octopolis. Sounds great. Or our uh Octantis. <laughs> Another piece of news that is not news, but also came to us via Twitter. Apparently there is a Maybe it's not it's not accurate to say a entire conspiracy theory but one lady is going real hard on the idea that Monster energy drink is satanic. Um have you guys seen this video? It apparently it went viral like a couple years ago and and it's been debunked by Snopes and all of that. Um I had I could only watch part of it because it had the the energy,
2: so to speak, of making me be like, no, I will not expose my. So, this is a woman named Christine White. Yeah. Yes. She's also a bad Yeah, person, she's a very bad person. We can say. Um, yes. She's like homophobic and anti Muslim. It's fun and- to
4: laugh at her, but yeah, she is, uh, you know, she'll like interrupt Muslim prayer meetings and shit like that. Like, she's just not a, not yeah. chill at all, but she's been giving to. Uh, she has a spiel she has some youtube videos about um she's like a right-wing mm-hmm. youtuber yeah. yeah and she um not the only one who has a strong youtube presence that we will be talking about on today's podcast but she has a i have to say like as you say her energy is very tough to take she's got this spiel down you know if i was if I was done, oh, yeah. I'd be one over. Uh, apparently, the uh, the logo for Monster Energy, which kind of looks like the Jurassic Park 3 logo, it's like three dinosaur scratches. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, looks like the uh, the Hebrew symbol Vav, which can stand for the letter six. So, the label of <laughs> Monster Energy can read 666. You know how you do- I know. No, no. And Rachel is correcting us, which I was going to get to. That is not how you would write 666 in Hebrew. Like, you would write 666. It would would not just be those three letters. But um, if you are Christine Wyke, that would be how you would write it in Hebrew. Um, Yes. She also the the
2: tagline for Monster Energy drink Unless is "Unleash the Beast." The beast.
3: <laughs> <laughs> this feels it's ro- a really ro- yeah. like, That's what of, I like about it. Of like.
4: 10, it should yeah. be from 10 years ago. Maybe even 20 years ago. Well, she also, ago. like, um, the monster energy, the O in monster has a line through it, which is, like, a phi. <laughs> it's, like, a Greek letter phi. I have no idea <laughs> why it says that. But she's, like, it's a cross because the top of the O is sort of flat. And then she's, like, if you turn it, the can upside down because you're chugging a monster energy drink, <laughs> it's an upside down cross, the symbol of the Antichrist. <laughs> oh, my it's God. It's really great. Uh,
3: <laughs> <laughs> I saw the South the Southland Tales uh, can cut at LACMA, and uh-huh. one of the things they talked about was everybody drinking tons of mo- of energy yes. drinks the yes. entire time, because oh, really? it was during the peak of energy drinks, so Richard Kelly, the director, said everybody was pounding energy drinks constantly, like uh-huh. cast
4: and crew. The golden age of energy drinks.
3: In a better world, where magazines still existed, we could have a good... Uh, oral history of energy drinks the energy drinks well, there's a drink really boom, great
4: blog other uh, than
2: coffee other than coffee i've never drunk a whole energy oh really drink. i can't
4: handle it yes, at I've all never done oh my it. god no i i've drank almost any energy drink that's ever been on the market i have tried i've i will try any new energy drink Wow. and i i actually in looking at this thread that, about this um this whole conspiracy theory that was brought to us by a listener john one of our several uh, theologian listeners They were talking about uh, there's another energy drink that's, I guess, a proprietary of uh, a supermarket Aldi, which we've also discussed on this podcast, that has a cross (laughs) symbol in the middle of it, which they were speculating was uh, counter-marketing to the Antichrist imagery on Monster Energy Drink. That's really funny. That's just a godly (laughs) energy drink.
3: Right. Then it's like it's all promo to roll out your influencer energy drink that's like god water. God water. (laughs) Holy water. yeah.
4: Holy but water. Put it in the hole where your <laughs> your spirit, spirit is. Holds. Yeah. But there was a really great blog about uh, <laughs> about beverages that I like plan to revisit later because that's totally my, my up my alley. I love to read reviews of beverages. What's the best energy drink? The have ever tried. Yeah, Emily, drink you would know. Is and I don't think they make it anymore. But there was a like quote all natural energy drink that they sold. I think they had like a Trader Joe's, you know, house brand version of it, and then there mm-hmm. was I think a, the exact same formula that they sold by some other brand at Whole Foods, and they made an orange one of it. Uh, and I, I I could only deal with the full sugar ones because I'm, I'm I get headaches off of like sugar free ones. So that was one that was like didn't mm-hmm. have too much insane shit in it, and but didn't give me a headache. And I wish I could remember what it's called, but it's not. I don't think they sell it anymore. But it was during the boom. It was like 2005 that I was drinking that a lot. Tess, what do you do? Just like straight coffee? I drink coffee. I drink
2: a ton of coffee. Actually, last week I had two pots of coffee, and I felt like that was a real game changer for me in terms (laughs) of my monster energy. What if two pots of coffee? Two pots of coffee was a lot of cups of coffee, but I was drinking them in uh, my brewmate, actually. Uh, I was. And I found because it stays really cold, and it also makes you able to ignore how many cups of coffee you're mm-hmm. drinking because you're drinking like a, huge a million amount. A yeah, million. It's just, you're like this is like a 24 ounce cup of coffee. And then today I was telling Molly I repeated I don't think I had a full two pots of coffee. I had. Um, Let's say ten cups. (laughs) Ten cups (laughs) of coffee. My (laughs) God, (laughs) I would be
3: dead if I drank ten cups of coffee, Mm. or probably one full sugar energy drink. I just have. I'm just a weak constitution, but I drink the milk tea. That is Mm -hmm. what is my my sprack. Yeah, but you
2: don't drink milk. You see, no, but the milk
3: tea is non dairy. That's the amazing thing about it. No, it's coconut milk. Ugh, Mm. it's the best. Uh, Mm. My poison is the uh rose milk tea at 85 degrees Celsius bakery.
4: I don't know. Where Tell that me is. more. Oh,
3: it's so good. It's like Hong Kong milk tea. It's just like super milky and sugary, but you can get it without a ton of sugar in it. And then it's like got a rose flavored syrup in it. Ooh. And then it gets you it's like delicious, so you drink it really fast. And then you are just yeah. through the roof. The sugar <laughs> helps whole, it yeah. move
4: along. My my scientific feeling about any energy drink or or tea or matcha or anything like that is that you need at least some sugar and fat in it to help it go through your body and affect your brain that's my science the, nan- <laughs> the nanobots yeah, help i went nanobots. through a
2: thing a while ago where i cut out all sugar except um for fruit for four days and mm-hmm. then afterwards now i cannot drink or eat sugary things like hardly at all uh and so now i can't have like sugary coffee or sugary tea like any kind of sugary drink is it, it tastes gross to me like it makes my teeth feel immediately like they're wearing little sweaters
4: oh with, that's, like, part fuzzy of sugar. that's part of the that's not into it <laughs> yeah can't do it
2: uh but, yeah, I mean, I do think that the sugar definitely, because there is that whole, like, it's like the bulletproof thing where you need the fat for sure to kind of, like, synthesize. Yeah. That, I think, is bullshit. The, no, no, it's not, I think it's not bullshit, it's but true. I think
3: drink, like, putting butter in your coffee. Oh, no, no, really but it's, it's so good. You could just use whole milk. We've been we've <laughs> yeah. over this
4: before. You guys. <laughs> <Okay>. You. <laughs> we got a call from... Uh, from a listener of after our transcendental meditation discussion, um, so it's actually we got an email from
2: listener Bobby, ladies of Nightcall. I love the show, but besides my meager Patreon support, I felt like I haven't had anything to contribute until now. After going through a traumatic event in the military, I was made aware of the David Lynch Foundation and its subsidized TM courses for veterans. I've been practicing it now for over six months, and it's been extremely helpful for me in battling PTSD as well as my pre-existing depression and anxiety. Nobody that I've met at the organization has given me a culty vibe, and like Brian said, they haven't intruded into my life after the initial training. I'm not one for evangelizing, but 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 I wish everyone could give TM a shot. Also, Emily, I had the pleasure of meeting you on a side street in Laredo, Mexico a couple years ago, unless that was a weird dream.
4: (laughs) Uh, I mean, I was definitely in Laredo, Mexico a couple years ago, so it's probably me. Was I wearing a Lana Del Rey shirt? (laughs) Hi, hi, Bobby. Uh, We were talking about this more, I think, after our chat with Brian Koppelman, which you can go back and listen to if you haven't listened to it yet. Um, And I, I think, I think, That the money thing is probably the biggest, like, red flag that we have about TM, right? As far as, you know.
2: Well, first of all, I'm really glad that Transcendental Meditation helped Bobby with PTSD and managing anxiety. And also thank you for your service. But my issue is that I think. It should be affordable for everyone. And there was a really interesting um, first-person account. I think it was in Vancouver Magazine. And the journalist basically, it's just that it's about $1,500 to kind of initiate yourself to get the secret information, which is basically your mantra. mantra. But also it's the ceremony. And the journalist who wrote this piece about her experience with this said that she was not allowed to talk about um, the ceremony as well as the mantra she asked what the mantra meant. They were like, it doesn't mean anything. It's fine. Then she looked it up and found that it d- does have some meaning and that it was given to, I think, all of the um, female members who were, you know, at her seminar that day or whatever. There's also um, this thing. And again, like, this is all in this this thing that I read. So I don't have any firsthand knowledge of this. We'll link but, to it. Uh, yeah, we'll link to it. You, the, the, the kind of, like, selling point of, like, you can levitate to me. Oh, well, that's... That's very – that's,
4: like, fringy, <laughs> though, within it, right? Like, I don't well, know. I've it's, seen the DVD
3: yeah. where David Lynch explains the levitating. Yeah. Uh, what it really is is it's, like, you are sitting and meditating and you sort of start to, like, bounce in place. Yeah. It's very silly- Yeah. Seeming. However, I will say I totally believe in meditation – as a mental health practice, oh yeah. for sure. And I think that it is not pseudoscience. I think it is like real, and that it does like lower your heart rate or whatever. You know, change your change the way your brain mm-hmm. works. Absolutely. Um, and it should be free, and it is free. You can meditate for free. Yeah. Um, I think both of my parents uh, took TM, mm-hmm. and have you know nothing bad to say about it. I think it's like they did it once. They like. Got their mantras and got out. But again, it's like I don't think they hound you for the rest. Get your mantras and get out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they do not hound you for the rest of your life. No, if you try to disengage, which is different from some yes culty things. So I think that is like at least you can you can get out.
2: I've read that. You should look into a book called The, Re- the Relaxation Response um, by Herbert Benson, because it's basically the same thing, but a book that doesn't cost $1,500. And I was like, OK, I'll do that. Because, yeah, I mean, meditating is awesome. And I definitely think that the scholarships are a great idea. I think it's just that nobody should have to pay $1,500 for a mantra. Just my personal opinion.
4: I I am yeah. looking forward to getting to the point where I can I can I can try it and report back to you all. But of course, I won't tell you my mantra. But you know, just uh, <laughs> we can have some some yeah. But primary also uh, reporting here.
3: <laughs> TM want to sponsor us. Oh yeah, uh, hell yeah, do it.
2: We might change our tune. (laughs) You know, I think that the main benefit of meditation right now is that it means that you have to look away from a screen. And the reason you might want to look away from a screen is this really terrifying new
3: study. Oh, my God. Molly, take it away. Oh, this is the worst
4: thing that's ever happened. (laughs) Um. This and is a wild ass episode. I have to say, I like, say, this is, yeah, we've got tonight, like everything going on on this one. This is a this is a
3: great night call. <laughs> um, maybe a, not a great time in soce- In you know, humans. in
4: society, but a great episode. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah,
3: a great episode. Um, and also I will say that I because Emily made me paranoid about live science and the sources, and I was like, I don't know where anything's being sourced from. Really, I assume these people are real. Um, I like double checked it with other sources. Oh yeah,
2: BBC can't argue and with BBC that. And BBC
3: also reported on this Um, so this is from the bbc link how modern life is transforming the human skeleton by zaria gorvet Uh, the emergence of a spiky growth at the back of some people's skulls Mm -hmm. is causing people to wonder why we are all growing a weird bone on the back of our skulls and it turns out it's from smartphone usage how just just to
2: be (laughs) clear though Basically, this this phenomenon has existed for a long time, but it was very rare. And now it's one as many as one in four people between the ages of 18 and 30 are growing these spikes at the base of their skulls that it, they vary in size. Some of them have been big.
1: I, think, I have been what, a
3: clinician for 20 years yeah. and only in the last decade, increasingly, I have been discovering that my patients have this growth on the skull, says David Shahar a health scientist at the University of the Sunshine Coast, Australia. The spike-like feature, also known as the external occipital protuberance, is found at the lower back of the skull, just above the neck. If you have one, everyone feel. If you have one, (laughs) it's likely that you will be able to feel it with your forefingers. Do you guys have it? I can't tell. It's all I've been doing is feeling my neck, trying to feel if I have it because I don't want it. So
2: some of them are up to 30 millimeters, which is you That's is big. And they nasty, say yeah. <laughs> if you have no hair, they can oh. even be visible. <sighs> um, yeah. So it's because it's to offset the weight of your head. So if your yes. head is looking Shahar- down at your phone, it's 10 pounds of strain. So the bone is trying to kind of offset that weight by adding more weight to the back to balance it out. That's
4: not very much weight, though. It's just a little... A oh, it is.
2: Oh, it is. It's just the tip of the ice, the As Skullberg, we, as we hunch
3: over our phones, we crane our necks and hold our heads forwards. This is problematic because the average head weighs around 10 pounds, as much as a large watermelon, as we all know, thanks to Jerry Maguire. Yeah. Uh, and everybody has something called text neck, which is because your head is not meant to be craning over a phone all the time. It's really bad for you. And it's making people grow. Well, it's
2: really bad for you. Might be misleading. It is bad for you to look at the smartphones, but the bone itself is not a bad thing. Also, people's elbows
3: are shrinking.
2: Yes, people are getting weak elbows and and weak and smaller jaws. But you know what? Okay, so I was doing this the other day. I had been my phone told me that I had been looking at it way too much, and I I put down my phone and I rolled my eyes up. So I was looking at the ceiling and just by just doing that, I realized it had been so long since I had looked up and then looked to the sides and it felt like exercising if you've never exercised before in your life. You have to
3: exercise your eyes. You have to exercise your eyes. Well, this also fits in with what an eye doctor told me that scared the fuck out of me a few years ago Mm -hmm. when I saw her. Um my eye doctor said that she was just seeing people's vision go bad really fast a lot more than ever before yeah. because of smartphone usage yeah she was like she was like everyone's vision is degrading she was like there's no like official studies on it but just like anecdotally from being an eye doctor i can tell you that like kids are looking at screens from the beginning of their lives is like not good for your eyes right yeah um the, the question is how are our bodies going to adapt oh, my to God. that
4: this is all just like is this um, – I think it's in a Philip K. Dick book where everybody has, like, enlarged skulls or something from, from – I don't know. It's, like, some way in which people have, have – uh... Well, it's
3: also scary because there was, like, some horrible thing this week where some racists basically tried to bring up, like, skull size, like, phrenolo- you know, phrenology. Right. Like, oh, right. Wasn't know? it, like, Quillette or some shit like that? Yeah. Um, yeah.
4: I mean – I try not to, like, look at my phone. Like, I always feel like I'm, like, reacting against this on some level at all times. Be- like, I'm trying to do the eye exercises. And Tess I'm and to I are both all. looking at the ceiling right now it, and being like... I, I never look up.
2: I think if you wear glasses, obviously this becomes a vicious cycle. So you're looking at at screens a lot, you get me, glasses, and then you're not looking above your glasses because you can't see. So it restricts
3: your field of vision to below your eyebrows. It's just also, like, uh, we've all had these things for 10 years what is like the thing that would make you rethink it? Maybe a bone growing out of your skull. But the bone
2: again, the bone itself is not bad. I'm just I'm just going to say like I'm but not going to be hating on the bone.
3: Like, it's just like it's it's like de-evolution. We're going to
2: It's not it's it is evolution. But what
3: if it's de-evolution? What if this is going to like people will be on all fours like very soon?
2: Maybe that will work out better well, for our lifestyles. I think the most interesting thing in this article was that I had never heard of osteobiography. Uh, but osteobiography is basically studying how people's bones tell the story of how they lived their lives yeah. and animals as well. Oh, and it's not, sense. it's like a non judgmental, like, you know, it's a very kind of like neutral study. And they mentioned a goat. I think, in the BBC um, link, where the goat had, like, adapted because it didn't have front legs. So it had to adapt, and its its skeleton changed, and it makes sense. I mean, the things that you do repetitively are going to have an impact. I'm just saying you
3: guys want to be, like, craned over with your head like a wilting flower all the time? No, but the bone bone (laughs) is not the bad thing.
2: But (laughs) the phones are the bad thing. Yes, but the bone... It's natural to freak out at something like that, but there are studies of people who just had crappy posture and were reading too much and had these bone right. spikes back in the day, right? I don't want, like people, like bone
3: spikes.
4: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the eye stuff is a little more alarming to me because I feel like there's always yeah. something. There has always been some activity. That will alter your physiology. Like, right. because you're a minor or something, or you uh, work in a textile factory and have mm. uh, a horrible lung infection or whatever the fact may be. So, we all have blog
3: be. neck. We have blog yeah, neck. Yeah,
4: basically. Like, I mean, there's there's always been like an activity, a dominant activity that like causes some sort of malady like yeah widespread so i don't think that that's new it's just like this is linked to something particularly new i think the eye thing feels different though because that's something having to do with an organ instead of like a musculoskeletal thing like that i like the quality of light that we've been seeing in our lives hasn't fundamentally changed until we started looking at screens all day you know yeah um I don't know, like, it's interesting to think about. Do you guys know
3: Day of the Triffids? No, what's that? It's a early, like, British sci-fi. It's about plants that take over. It's the best. Yes, I love Um, plants taking over. It's plant horror. And it's, like, cozy catastrophe. It's, like, about a group of people trying to escape from the plants that are taking over everything. Um, But it's, like, they breed a plant, and then it turns out the plant, like, squirts out a poison, and it makes every human blind.
2: Oh, I have seen this. Yeah. Yes, I know. Yeah, well, it's kind of like the, you know, the Spitting dinosaurs from Jurassic Park. Oh, yeah, that's what the but I think the thing are, to man. consider with the bone spikes is that without the bone spike, every time right? you say it, I sit up straight. I know me too. <laughs> without the bone spike, you're getting more neck strain. The bone spike is your body trying to help itself out. That's why I say don't hate no, the bone spike. Like... Hate the phone spike. You know what I mean? Because <laughs> the bone is just trying to help you.
3: <laughs> no, no, hold the applause. It wasn't worth
2: it. Uh, But are you know you... what I mean. We should start a YouTube channel
3: for you to be like the preacher. Oh my yes, god! Yeah, you should. The bones. Don't be mad at the bone spike. Uh, be, be mad, mad at, at the bone phone spike. I
4: just feel like everybody who knows me is probably like not worried about me getting a bone spike because I'm terrible at responding to texts and emails and stuff like that because I'm 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 always the person who's like, what if I'm not looking at my phone right now? What if I'm just like experiencing life and
3: well, people good get mad for at me. you. That's but, like, No, <laughs> I need that to respond be... to my texts. <laughs> No, but there should be more pushback against being on your phone all the time. It's like we, we passed the omega of like everyone's on their phones all the time. What if we like can go back okay but here's the thing here's the problem and i so
2: i have kids but i think that people run into this also if they are a caretaker of any kind is that this is the problem is that you get locked in whether you have kids or you're taking care of you know an elderly parent or a sibling who can't take care of themselves it there is like an expectation i mean that's that's actually where technology i think has been so useful La- a couple weeks ago my son was at school and he ran into this a staircase and he had needed stitches and he was at school and I was not at home. And the thought that like, you know, you have your emergency contact, right, but, but that's who like could a they phone. call, that's but then a they can reach you. I'm fine with having a phone. I'm saying like no for internet on the phone. Call. Yeah, for television. No calls. internet on the phone, I can yeah. understand. But No more know. Instagram, also, like,
4: no more Twitter. What it, like, But it'd have to be smart enough for texting. Now that there are garbage calls all the time though, not even having a yeah, no phone true. makes right. any sense because right. I don't pick up anything from a number I don't recognize. Text? And it could be an right. like, emergency. And I do occasionally like one in 10 calls I'll pick up as long as it's not from, my like, No, no, Moldova. no, I know. All, but... that,
3: all that stuff is stupid. Yeah. But, like, I'm saying, like, that's fine. Those are all, like, using your phone when there's a reason is right. fine. But just the purposeless, like, always being on it, always scrolling, like, missing your life because you're on your phone. You know what I think? So this is only somewhat related. Um, So the other day I was talking
2: with my dad because his father's day and he and I were both complaining about like we had been behind drivers who were obviously texting. And I was like, do you think that it is like the responsibility of car manufacturers as well as cell phone manufacturers to disable a phone in the car other than for calls? Like, do you think that that's kind of the new seatbelt thing where there's going to be, like, an annoying noise that will go on if your phone... No, like, this all should have shuts had been, down. But this is the it whole thing... It can only be used for calls. This
3: is, like, no, this no. should have been thought about... It's like unsafe at any speed. But I'm bringing it up now. It won't happen until somebody famous dies from it. No, and... I I think I don't know about that because it's the
2: kind of thing where if there were a bill introduced, it would be really hard for anyone to be like,
4: I disagree.
2: If you're driving, uh, you should be disagree. able oh, to. Oh yeah, use a lot of internet. people are. I never make a nanny
4: state joke unless I'm in like a rental car where it starts doing the beeping thing because I haven't buckled my seatbelt yet or somebody else hasn't buckled their seatbelt yet, and then I just scream like, nanny state, fuck you! I like turn into. But a that's the, difference, <laughs> the difference, Emily,
2: is that, and I totally agree. The difference is that you are risking your safety in life with a
4: seatbelt. and You are yeah. risking
3: other people's safety no, it's absolutely true. when you're taxed. I'm not saying but I'm right. I'm just too, saying that
4: that's like the easiest time that that joke comes I think comes
3: we're up. too far gone. <laughs> I think it's just not going to go It's going to happen. Mark my words. In 10 years, this will happen. I, what guarantee, we need I guarantee, guarantee it. I mean, like, honestly, what we need is like large scale regulation of like Uber and every other company. Well, that yes we that too. because well, like I like the scariest Uber I was in was where like recently where a driver was texting the whole time oh and God. I was like. Uh, did you report them? No because I was it was also late at night and we were on the freeway and I was like I yeah. don't want to be confrontational no, with this I would person absolutely. who I'm in a car with right. while they're driving me because like they could also like steer us into traffic if they want. Like right. that's what's just
4: you know. I I would want everybody who listens to the show who's ever been in an Uber where somebody where the driver is texting, fucking call that shit out. Ask to be let yes. out. Like don't fuck around with that. I will. I've got into fights with friends because they're texting and I'm driving them. I'm like, how will you feel when you kill me? I don't know. I sound yeah. I sound like the fucking guy in Smithereens, but like that's why I I find it so depressing that the response to that. That Black Mirror episode was like, oh, texting or driving, like, wank, wank, wank. And it's like, no, it's like a real thing that kills people every day. Yeah. It's not. I have so many ideas about this, you guys, because it's not just the texting.
2: <laughs> it's the wanting to read yes. an article. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, then, and then I was like, someone should just do a thing where they pay, like, you know, there's like a service and it's just finishes. It's someone who's sitting at home and they finish reading you the thing that you were reading. <laughs> <laughs> they just call you up. And they're like, okay, where were you? All right, I'm gonna finish. And then they'll be like, there's a link here. You want oh me to click God. the link? And you're like, yes. You and then they read you that. Just and invented it's like a whole sex. new
4: depressing here's
2: economy. gonna But also, here's the <laughs> I'll thing I'll do it. They're I'll not thinking it.
3: about that because they're thinking about how can we make driverless cars so that you can keep, you never have to leave your phone. Yeah. And the robot's just driving the car. Yeah, well, I also think that I have an idea about that, you guys. Look at all this coffee. (laughs) Yeah, that's like letting the text message drive the car. You know what I'm into is conveyor
2: belt freeways. Where you park your car and it's a conveyor belt, and then you just like program in your stop, and then you're back out. And when you're back on the street, you can drive. But while you're on the freeway, you're on a conveyor belt in neutral or park or whatever. You're describing your a, a train. <laughs> 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 I am, but it's your own personal train. It's your own car of the train, right? But it is a train.
3: But think, it, you oh, get you know to what? have it. You just it's invented yours. is the people mover. Yeah, you invented yes, the people true. mover from yeah. Disney. <laughs>
4: You invented the Roosevelt Island uh, tram. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs>
3: uh, I thought you were, I was picturing also giant conveyor belts, like standing conveyor belt freeways.
2: I'm into I'm,
4: that too. I like that sure. idea a lot. I'm into all of it. I um, love driving, though, you guys. Can I just say, driving's great. We should uh, move on to the next horrifying thing that we have to talk about because we have so many left and we don't have much time left. (laughs) Yeah. Night Call
3: says, hey, don't text and drive. Don't text and drive. We don't have much time left. Don't check your
4: Instagram. Don't take a fucking picture of yourself on the 405. Don't do it. You can
2: wait. But if you need someone to finish reading the article to you, just email me. And if I'm at home, (laughs) I'll pick up the phone. I'll call you and I'll finish reading it so that you can concentrate on
4: driving. At the at the at the one hundred and fifty dollar a month level of our Patreon, yes, test, we'll do that. For <laughs> <laughs> That's really. I actually <laughs> am dead serious. I'll do it. Yeah. it yeah. will save lives. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, we have an email from Zach. Um, again, I hate it. Most of our topics this this week, I think the theme for me at least personally is I hate it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay, hi Night Call. Zach here from the greatest city on earth, Canberra, Australia. I've been making my way through every episode, currently knee-deep in the ocean creature's face, and just wondering what your thoughts are on the elbow squid. I vividly remember the first time I saw that video from under the oil rig in religion class in year 10 of the squid just floating a ways off and the sheer dread I felt looking at it just floating there with its elbow tentacles. I think about them every time I go into the ocean. Now that they've been filmed a few more times, the spooky sheen has wiped off a bit, but still, they've got to be aliens, right? I mean, odds are if a ship landed, it would go into the ocean, given that that's most of the planet. Thank you, Zach. I mean, like, not thank you, though. I hate this so much. I can't believe I've never seen this before. So the elbow squid, there's also, it's also called the big fin squid. So the big fin squid is not to be confused with the big fin reef squid, which is, like, more like a... Um, it looks a little more like cuttlefishy. Um, the big fin squid looks like a terrifying spider uh, that lives very deep in the ocean. I think all the, all the places they found it has been uh, like, yeah, 9,000 feet deep, like thereabouts. It is a uh, pretty large squid that can but mostly tentacles. Ten, it's, it's mostly, mostly comprised of these. But the tentacles, tentacles. are like 20, 20 feet long. Like it's 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 big. Um and the end the, the the its head, it's um I feel, I forget what that's called on a cephalopod, but um it's like it's it's kind of narrow, but it's got these huge wings, which is why it's called the big fin squid. Um it was not really regularly observed until later in the 20th century, and there wasn't really a clear video of it until, I think, uh, yeah, 2000. That's the, the video that, um, that Zach was referring to. Uh, I, I, I will invite everybody to do a Google image search or a YouTube search of it because I find this creature extremely upsetting. I hate it so much. Emily, why? Why? I wasn't scared of it. I was like, when,
2: you know, you gave us a warning to Google with caution. And I saw it. And yes, it's, for some reason, there is something kind of freaky about the very thin long tentacles well, sometimes but they look not... really
4: stiff like they look like daddy long legs like um do you not like daddy long no legs i either? hate
3: daddy long legs are you kidding oh, me oh interesting daddy long legs are cool no. they eat other sp- other bugs i mean sure yeah i'm
2: not anti the only thing that bugs me about the daddy long legs is when you see one lose its leg and then everything no, just goes no. into the creepy town i hate it. I hate, town. it
3: I hate it i, I, hate, it, I, respect, I hate it i respect i respect spiders and so i respect these sea spiders yeah. and these squids that look like
4: spiders i i, I detest and respect spiders uh <laughs> i have uh octo- octopuses were like my first big fear like the my real boogeyman when i was a kid Because I would just watch this episode of Nature over and over and over again that had, like, a scene with an octopus in it. And I would just watch that scene just to freak myself out constantly when I was a kid. Mm -hmm. Um, And they don't really, like, most octopuses don't really do that for me anymore. But when I saw this video, I I was taken Mm -hmm. all the way back to that, like, four-year-old feeling of, like, oh, God, like, what's under the ocean? The weirdest things. Yeah. Um, I got to say, like, it's a
3: cliche, but the squid and the whale thing at the Natural History Museum Mm -hmm. Just truly one of the most frightening things in the world. Yeah. Because you get close to it and you feel like it's going to come alive. Yeah. Uh, it's got and an just eye, the fact on it that it, too.
4: It's got eyes. Yeah, and just
3: yeah. the way it's lit, I love the whole thing, but I remember just like seeing it as a kid and being like, imagine being in the ocean right. and yeah. you see this. Yeah. Like, we are so <sighs> meaningless. You know what this the elbow happening. squid
2: looks like to me as a scalp massager? Yes. Yeah, it totally totally doesn't look exactly like that. Yeah. I think that's what, what's kind of uncanny what's about uncanny it.
3: What's uncanny is it has an elbow, it and does. as we humans are losing but our But it has elbows. no bones. Right. Or does it have bones? But maybe we're going to become more like the elbow squid. Tess and I are both kind of making our arm go like Mm-mm-mm. squid right It feels
2: really good. <laughs> They're like doing yeah. like
4: jazz hands or something. But, we are yeah. doing jazz um, Squ- Look doing
2: what the
3: smartphones have
4: done. They've made, made us forget to
3: do our squid hand
4: squid exercises
2: <laughs> to make our bones
3: Just like right. Jennifer North. This is like the OA. It's going to turn into us eventually doing some kind of like squid the, dance. Yeah, the, yes, the, it will. The, the six Summon squid, the squid. Movements.
4: But so the, the, the idea of it being an, an alien is not all that far-fetched simply because it it was so recently discovered. Like, nobody knew about this thing until, like, you know, 50 years ago or something. And even then, they didn't really know how to classify it. It finally got a genus in in the 90s. So nobody really knew what, you know, nobody had really lined up all these different sightings of, of the same thing. So, That's the best. Yeah. So it does it's just it feel like something genuinely alien because it's not if you were if you went to school or like loved sea creatures in the 70s, you wouldn't have known about this thing. Like nobody knew about it. It's like a new form there's of There's still life. things. Yeah. There's still there's new still things. things.
2: Still new things. Hey, but some of those things are terrible things. And I think that we should close our show by talking about one of them that also kind of tangentially <laughs> involves creatures.
4: Yay. Which
2: is. Yay. So. This is something that has escaped our uh, attention for a while, even though this is based in events that happened a couple of years ago. There is currently a murder trial or I guess the murder trial just concluded um, featuring two a couple, a man and a woman who were involved in an alien reptile cult. Yeah. And so a lot of information has now um, become kind of more mainstream about this alien reptile cult. And, of course, thank you to the night caller who brought this
4: to our attention. I was like, yeah. whoa, alien reptile yeah. cult. Tell me more. So I don't know if you can classify it as a cult. I mean, it is certainly it is certainly out there. And this lady feels like a real piece of work that's sort of the main uh, proprietor of it, Sherry Schreiner a prophet seer, which is— A lot of good names. Yes. Uh, A lot of good pinching names on the podcast today. Yep. (laughs) Uh, But she describes herself as a prophet seer, which is misspelled, uh, ambassador, messenger, and daughter of the Most High. Um, And she she has a strong internet presence. She's got a Twitter. She's got a YouTube with an alarming amount of views on it. And most mm. importantly, she has a Patreon with nine subscribers that bears an uncanny re- resemblance to the night call Patreon.
2: Horrifying <laughs> to discover this. So Sherry Shriner, by the way, Sherry Shriner has died, but her online presence is maintained. Yeah. Her website. Don't look at it, but you, we'll tell you about it. Um, oh, so I looked at it. she <laughs> basically... Oh, I looked at it too. I just don't wanna I don't wanna drive traffic to her. She's a terrible again, another, you know, like the monster energy drink uh conspiracy theorist. She is not a good person. She's very awfully anti Semitic, um, transphobic, xenophobic, all of that Take your pick. because of course she believes that um you know, there are reptilian aliens who are masquerading as humans and they're going to bring about the New World Order. All that good stuff. Order. And she also has, in some of her videos, um, celebrity faces and she's talking about how she can prove that they are reptile aliens. It's so all this the classic couple,
4: lizard people stuff. Classic, like, yes. Like they have things where it's like, oh, stuff. we have slowed down imagery of like somebody's eyes doing like a reptile blink, that kind of thing. Like, that, yeah. Yeah. That variety. But, it got
2: even weirder because so during this murder trial where this woman um, whose name is Barbara Rogers, also a good pension name, Barbara Rogers is accused and has been convicted of third degree manslaughter, I think, of killing her boyfriend, uh, who was a member of this group. And during, I guess, like, during the course of their relationship, um, Barbara Rogers was not as down with Sherry Shriner's whole rhetoric as her um, boyfriend was. And at one point, this woman posted a picture of steak tartare (laughs) on Facebook (laughs) and was, like, great with some minced garlic. And Sherry Shriner flipped out and was, like, I think I even have a quote from her here. Oh, she's, she's got, yeah, uh... They crave the blood; those with the vampire demon in them. So she was like, "I know that this woman is a witch and a vampire." She described her as a
4: vampire, witch, reptilian super soldier. um, There we go. And told Stephen that that like she had basically prophesied that this this his girlfriend, who I guess was also involved with this, but maybe wasn't just less so, just less so that like she was going to bring about his doom. Like she would she would harm him or kill him or something. So I think that this led to this fight, where, and according to Barbara, who shot s- her boyfriend point blank in the head, but he was holding his gun to his own head and making her shoot. Yeah, he her. was like, "Pull the trigger, pull the trigger," and she was like, "Okay," which yeah. also, is, I mean, nope. Little specific, yeah, yeah, I don't think I don't think uh, anybody made the right decision in this situation. <laughs> um, but it is like it's kind of bizarre that it's like you know she she was it's basically a self-fulfilling prophecy in like the most um, (laughs) obvious way possible but um, yeah so it it, I don't know I when did she die I didn't realize that she had died I think she died in 2016 I think it was um, supposed
2: to be the year before the murder occurred Oh, interesting. Okay, because
4: she—I was I now. was watching one of her v- many videos, and she was talking about how many attempts there had been on her life. Uh, that people are constantly Ooh. trying to poison her and uh, kill her. But I didn't realize that she was. Oh,
2: maybe she's still alive. I thought I read that she had died.
4: Oh, well, uh, she—I mean, I kind of started going down. Maybe she's a lizard person she's, now. She's got a lot of like diversified interests. One of them, she's very interested in like. The raw meat thing and also, like, cannibalism at restaurants. There's a lot of um, videos of people dragging what are supposed to be body bags on security cameras at hotels to the kitchens of, like, hotel restaurants to serve up human meat. That's a common theme. And But the thing is that, like, <laughs> like you you hear all this stuff and you're like, it's pretty fringy. You see she only has, like, nine followers on Patreon. i like, okay, it's pretty fringy. But the videos are like where, and this is like goes back to everything that people have been talking about YouTube right now, where it's just like if you get on an algorithm, like I'm sure my algorithm is affected now because I've watched like four of her videos or like part of four yep. of her videos. Oh, you can't watch anything without it leading you to the worst things yeah. in the world.
3: Yeah. It, yeah. It's honestly, it's like. I feel like a lot of these things, they're like, it's an experiment. We just, like, we're not allowed to intervene because we have to see how the experiment takes its course, you know? And it's like, oh, guess what? It leads to fascism always. That's why you have to intervene. (laughs) And it
4: it leads to, like, domestic dispute, which, like, comes down to the belief in this, you know, really, really far out there conspiracy theory that, like, you know, directly caused somebody's death. Yeah, um, yeah, and it's, and it's a by the way,
3: a lot of things. Yeah. I
4: just fact checked.
2: So Shriner died less than a year after Minio. Okay, who was the boyfriend? Because she's um, she's of talked about causes.
4: she's talked about this whole case. Um, like after after his death, she's she's yes um, discussed it. It's very exhausting, and it's like it's like it is. Uh, yeah. I, I I I find I find all this stuff to be uh like just deceptively easy to like laugh about or just kinda gawk at until you realize like I mean that the yeah the 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 cold shower at the end is like how many people have actually been watching this stuff. And maybe just yeah, out of like totally. morbid yeah. morbid curiosity. You no know, a lot of those still... things where you're like real people don't believe this and then you're like, oh they do
3: things like anti vaxxing obviously, right, yeah. that we've been talking about recently. Yeah. Well also I think it was
2: in The New Republic who wrote about this same case um, earlier this month. But they were talking about how cults and these conspiracy theories um, that YouTube is kind of the perfect uh, medium for getting people into these cults because you do enter a trance like state and sherry schreiner was very you know infrequently and, of in her, and because of auto exactly and they were like maybe it's the fact that people who are watching all of these videos and kind of consuming like hour after hour after hour of video it does kind of like numb you and you're receiving information and you can't really tell what's real or false
3: and if you watch any history documentary it leads you to a bunch of yeah. Mm-hmm. bullshit yeah yep you yeah, can't just, like,
4: like, learn about history without it being fraught in some way right, on, on YouTube. Right, because people are,
3: people are gaming it who are attempting to be like, oh, what, you're interested in history? Yeah. Here's some fucked up hmm, racist here's bullshit. Here's some history. So,
4: yeah. Uh, what, what, what can we learn from this?
3: <laughs> if you've got any questions about
4: lizard people, aliens, undersea aliens... If there are any good like like I feel like the lizard people one is one of these just like boilerplate conspiracy theories that's been going around for a while and like I feel like we kind of just like uh I I feel like everybody's just like oh yeah whatever like that's what crazy people believe in but if there's anyone that you think deserves our scrutiny for whatever particular reason let us know we'll check it out cuz we're really down to mess up our uh, our algorithm on YouTube <laughs> oh yeah
3: the algorithm's um, <laughs> trash let's make
2: it let's make it yeah. even trashier Also, if you have thoughts about how to improve driver safety, how to keep the bone spikes out of our (laughs) skulls or how to improve
3: the modern experience, please give us a call. I just keep picturing somebody like LOLing and just like impaling themselves on their own bone spike. (laughs) You can't. It's in the back of your head. Yeah, but you just like laugh. You like throw your head back too hard. Yeah, I'm just saying eventually it's going to be like a
2: unicorn horn. But anyway, give us a call at 240-469 or an email at nightcallpodcast at gmail.com.
4: You can also support us on our Patreon. We're at uh, patreon.com slash nightcall. We just put out our first ever book club episode on Valley of the Dolls. It's great. It was a lot of fun to do. uh, So definitely check that out. We're also starting our new book club uh, where we're going to be reading Ghostland by Colin Dickey. So uh, go out and grab a copy and support us on Patreon if you want to be in on that next month. And be sure to subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Leave us a rating and review. We love it so much. Uh, Follow us on social media, at Twitter, uh, NightcallPod, Instagram, NightcallPodcast, and Facebook at NightcallPodcast. And we will see you all next week. Bye. Bye.
0: any disease.